Locked in the Cube, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. I am your co-host, Phil, and today's film is called Life, and such a heavy-handed, serious title for a movie that is severely lacking in the fun department. Well, yeah, it certainly is. Uh, I'm your co-host, Andrew, and dear God... If you're going to have a and-then-there-were-none structure to your film with a single alien as the baddie, can you spend some of your budget on designing that alien? Mm. Because this was the dumbest-looking alien I've ever seen. (laughs) It was... The worst. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about life, uh, which is the new film uh, out in theaters in the in the nether regions. We're on a real of, hot you know, streak here. Three weeks in a, a row. Streak. <laughs> this is the dead zone for movies. Because I know. Nobody wants to release their movie at the end of March because it's not the summer and it's not awards season. Uh, what do you do when you got a movie like this? Well, you stick it in the nether regions, and that's what they've done. Uh, before we get into the discussion about life, I want to tell you guys out there where you can find us on the web. You can go to our blog, which is found at www.in-the-q. That's the letter q.com. You can go to our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for In the Q. Q-U-E-U-E is how that is spelled. On both of those pages, you'll find all of our episodes. On the Facebook page, you'll find other things we post in Supplement. And you can actually communicate with us. If there's a movie you would like to review on the program, you can just leave a comment and we'll get in touch with you. We Mm -hmm. also have a Twitter account. It is at ITQ Podcast. And lastly, you can find us on iTunes or the podcast or Overcast apps or other podcast aggregate apps. Um, Also say, if you like our show, please... uh, feel free, go on to iTunes and write us a review because uh, we would like to sort of spread the word about our show and that's a good way to sort of draw attention to it. Yeah. So please write a review if you are so inclined. Please do. Uh, Without further ado, today's film is Life. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. There is no strife, no prejudice, No national conflict in outer space as yet. Its hazards are hostile to us all. Its conquest deserves the best of all mankind. And its opportunity for peaceful cooperation may never come again. I see. The mission's primary goal has been achieved. We're looking at a large single cell, biological. to jump the gun, but I think it's time. We're looking at the first proof of life beyond Earth. You're finally a daddy. It's going to be a big custody battle over this one. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Set sail. 
we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. This nation will continue to be a pioneer in the new frontier of space. That's really problematic to use so much JFK audio. I mean, are they trying to make some kind of a point? <laughs> like, why why use so much of that old material about the U.S. space race? I don't know, man. Maybe it just sounds... I mean, like, you know, trailers are farmed out to companies that then, you know, do whatever they can to sell the movie. They trying to think of a cool angle or something because jfk i don't think is even mentioned once in this film no, I mean, isn't. it's completely external it's just it's like well, it'll be a cool way to sell the movie let's throw some it kind JFK of re- on it, it reminds me of um you know they they use a lot of jimmy carter in the trailer for 20th century women mm. but he he the, his speech about the crisis of confidence actually did tie into that film yeah it figured actually, actually prominently yeah, in, in the film it's in the film but like with this there's no it takes place in the present day there's no mention of JFK or any other president. So it just seems kind of odd, like a useless thing to do. Um, Life is the story of wrongfully convicted men, played by Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, <laughs> who discover the value of life after serving 65 years. Hold on a second. Oh. oh, wait, that's the wrong life. That's the life I wish it was. Oh, man. That's not the life I got. Oh, man. The life that we're talking about is about six astronauts who are aboard a space station who collect a sample from Mars that could prove to be evidence of extraterrestrial life. Mm. And uh, the crew analyzes the organism, tases it for a little bit, just just for fun, to see what would happen. Just for fun. And you know, maybe something will happen. You know, let's just electrocute it, see what happens. Well, guess and what? It, it doesn't like it, and it grows, <laughs> and it morphs into a starfish thing, kind of weird sea creature-looking thing. A floppy CGI creation. Yeah, and and it looks pretty cool. You know, if this was 1989. Yeah, but uh, but it's not. And. Uh, the uh, the little the organism, which uh, if you're gonna make a ripoff of Alien, mm. you know, for this and then there were none story to work. The the Alien has to get you know markedly bigger and more developed after it feeds, and it grows a little bit, but it still never gets to be bigger than the size of like a small octopus. Yeah, and it never really, <clears throat> it's never really clear in the film how or what it feeds on. It seems to feed on human humans mm. or any organic matter, but it also right. feeds on the coolant from, from the yeah. space station, which doesn't make any sense to me, especially since they spend a lot of time saying, well, it, it needs the exact same things that we need as humans. It needs oxygen. It needs, you know, uh, uh, organic matter to, to keep itself alive. You know, all these things, and then it goes in. It, it, one of the major plot points is that it's running around drinking the coolant from inside the the 
vents and valves. Yeah. It's uh it's not explained very well. And uh I thought that this movie it it could have been <laughs> more fun if it didn't take itself so seriously. Could it have been? Well, yes, I do. I think it could have been more fun. I'll stand by that statement. Okay. It, as of now it wasn't fun. No. It was it was just kind of agonizing to look at and it uh it it just is such a dour heavy-handed approach it's fucking called life that's i mean and the scientists were all so dumb they made such bad decisions throughout the whole movie yeah just terrible idiots i mean for one thing uh electrocuting the sample which they all seemed to be on board with doing there was never any discussion (laughs) <laughs> no. It, it seemed like a very irresponsible thing for a scientist to do. Yeah, it was and, nuts. And when when the organism started to revolt and attack the uh, the unfortunate crew member who was handling it, there was almost no reaction from the rest of the crew for a good couple of minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there were yeah. Go ahead. They reacted with the what you heard in the trailer where they sort of scream at each other there's a man in there blah 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 and then it sort of said nope quarantine firewall you know we can't help him and they're all kind of like cool and then we spend an enormous amount of time in that scene with him just having his hand broken right and i think that there was ample time for to help him but they just didn't seem to react yeah they seemed to have no investment Part of the problem may be that because the the alien is CGI, the uh, the actors didn't really have anything to react to during sure. The filming. Sure. And they kept cutting back to Rebecca Ferguson, who I'm not familiar with, but she's been in several this. films that we've talked about on this what? podcast. Which ones? Which I was very confused about. She was in uh, the Girl on the Train which we talked about not long ago. Oh. Um, oh, maybe not other ones that we've talked about on this podcast, but other ones I've seen recently. She was in Florence Foster Jenkins, which I don't remember her in. She was in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. There was this really weird, like, uh, Kuleshoff effect thing going on with her where mm. there would be this part where the, the Hugh, I think is his name, mm-hmm. the African-American, or he's British, the black guy who's getting devoured by the alien. Sure. It kept cutting between him in agony to her face and her face was like totally blank and the Kuleshoff effect is what I'm referencing as a yeah. as an old uh, cinematic device where they, uh, the director and the editor create a, a feeling in the audience by cutting between a shot of a blank expression with various objects like a bowl of soup an open grave things like that and the idea is that the simple juxtaposition creates the feeling of empathy that you can it's a palpable feeling you can get just based on the editing and even though the person's expression is emotionless yeah i mean it was a big step forward in cinematic history because like that idea uh when applied to editing because it essentially told you that the the performance was actually less important than the way that it was edited yes um, that you could you could create associations in a viewer's mind with with no variation in the way that somebody performs 
and it's actually a major leap uh, for the cinema because it's not it has no basis in the theater. Yes, uh, in, yeah. On, on a stage, the Kuleshov effect does not work unless you were to use a screen and some video or something. Yeah. So it was a gr- it was a great way to separate this new medium of film from the theater from whence it came. Speaking of acting, yeah. why is Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal in this movie? Why Jake, is yeah? Jake, you're so much better than this. Yeah, we've seen and you be much better than this several times recently. Yeah, recently you went from Nightcrawler and and uh, and Nocturnal, Nocturnal Animals, Animals yeah. to this, huh? Did you just want to work? Did you owe Ryan Reynolds a favor? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's bad. Well, do, you, do you want to give a spoiler alert, Andrew? Sure, we the, can give a spoiler alert because, yeah, I don't, end. I mean, we can tell anybody who is pondering listening to the rest of this podcast that uh, I don't think that this film is worth seeing. <laughs> um, so... Take that with you. If uh, if that makes up your mind for you that you don't care about seeing it anymore, then you can stick around for the rest of the podcast. But if you still think you want to see it, uh, spoiler alert. We are okay. officially issuing it. I'm going to go ahead and admit rather sheepishly that mm. the ending did surprise me. The ending might have been the only thing about the film that I kind of liked, except for how clumsily it was executed. Um, it was, it was, yes, it was poorly done, but I did, I have to give them some credit for ending it in, in a bleak way, in a surprise way. Well, it reminded me of the end of one of my favorite science fiction films of all time, which is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Uh, which has an incredibly bleak ending, just like a horribly depressing ending. Uh, and this does as well. And it, it, I was kind of like, Oh, very body snatchers of you. However, I wish that they hadn't been so ham fisted in getting us there. I mean the, Oh man. Well, one of the dumbest things about the ending is like the, the space capsule lands in the middle of the South Pacific or somewhere. And these two, you know, fishermen, uh, take a boat out to, to visit it and it's miraculously floating. Maybe that's not a miracle, but no, they have they they float. That's the that's okay. the whole thing with space capsules. So it makes sense that they would float. So they're floating, and uh, the fisherman looks inside and sees uh, the actor Jake Gyllenhaal, who's famous all over the world, and uh, even in <laughs> rural areas. And 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 Jake Gyllenhaal is covered with this very threatening and scary looking alien uh matter which would frighten anybody yes and it's uh it's quite he's yelling uh, no no right no no no. which is a fairly universal word yeah and uh nevertheless the fishermen think oh well i better open up the space capsule and and uh and save him and the fact that he seemed to open it so handily yeah. Made me a little skeptical about exactly how he could do it, uh, but it was really it, the only service it provided to the story is uh, to to make you think, "Oh shit!" Now the alien is going to take over Earth. Do you think it was setting up for a sequel? I couldn't God. decide whether it was setting up for a sequel or if whether it was just trying to have a bleak ending. I got. I think it was. I think it was just going to be a bleak ending. 
Yeah. This movie just it's not it's not fun enough to be a franchise. No. No. There's nothing fun about it. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like anybody who was making it was having any fun. Um Well, what I've heard is that Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal uh were really not taking it very seriously and they were cutting up a lot on the set and the director had to kind of separate them at times. And one of the things I'm going to post I'm going to post on our Facebook page an interview with Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, they're clearly on a goof about this movie. Mm. Maybe they realized early on that it was just not going to be good, and they just... Yeah, I think that they would realize that. I mean, they've done... Both of them have done good films in the past. I would say Jake Gyllenhaal, quite a few more and more higher prestige films than Ryan Reynolds, but Ryan Reynolds has done... I mean, even... Deadpool, which we both liked a lot, mm-hmm. um, is like a good, that's a good mainstream movie, you know? Yeah, and it's a good performance. He got a Golden Globe nomination for it. Yeah, yeah. He was good sure. at that. But uh, yeah, and, and Ryan Reynolds gets killed really quick. He's the first person to die. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a which bummer. I was actually happy about because in the trailer, oh. they made it seem like the black yeah. man was the first one to die. And I was like, really? This is 2017. Let's get over this trope. Um, and I was pleasantly I, I surprised like... that it wasn't. That wasn't the case. Yeah. I feel like we should have known that they were duping us. They wouldn't, like, make it so obvious in the yeah, trailer, you know? Maybe. Incidentally, but... you mentioned, Phil, the director of this film. The director's name is Daniel Espinoza, who directed another film that we talked about on this podcast that we did not like. Oh, I don't even know what you're, what you're going to say. Called Child 44. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that Remember? was a bad movie. Yeah, that was a real bad movie. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how one goes from that to this. Uh, but it certainly well, didn't give me any more faith in, in his ability to to direct something like this. Uh, or, or have a, a big budget movie like this in his hands. I... I don't know, man. I I think that I love and then there were none type movies. I love these kinds of films. I love science fiction. I'm a huge science fiction fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this is another one of those films that seems to be aping the tropes without having any understanding or affection for the the what created the tropes in the first place. Um. I mean, this is obviously a film that's similar to something like Alien, for instance. And uh, it just seems to have no visceral uh, acknowledgement. Reason to exist. Of what what makes that film good. Yeah. Right? And there's this very (laughs) heavy-handed... The person I was with, actually, was, was... was saying out speaking out loud to the screen mm-hmm. uh there's a uh a very heavy-handed reference to the classic children's book goodnight moon yeah and um the astronauts are all kind of talking about it and how much they loved it early in the film and then it kind of comes back and like it comes back like right at this moment where there's like nothing going on 
and it it's it's the book itself has been kind of torn and a large scrap of it is floating towards Jake Gyllenhaal and my friend Richard was like no no don't do it don't do it don't do it and then you know, they grab it and they're like yeah I always love this book and uh, and it actually turns into a uh, a source of an idea for them to to try and get out of their predicament but uh, yeah. this movie it's just so dour nobody I mean yeah, I mean, I guess it's a relief that they didn't rely on that outdated notion that the the black guy dies first, but to kill off the most entertaining member of the crew so quickly. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds was the only source of mirth in this movie. And they, you know, Alien is not a funny movie by any means, no. but it's also beautiful. It's artistic. It's stylistically amazing. And to tell the truth, Harry Dean Stanton and Yafet Koto do provide some level of comic relief as the kind of working class, you know, mm-hmm. guys who are stuck on this big rig. They're they're funny in their own way. You're right. But once they get killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Isn't, isn't Harry Dean Stanton one of the very first guys to, to eat it? Uh, he's the first one after John Hurt. Yeah. By the way, I love Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, he's the best. Um, yeah. And, and rest in peace, John Hurt. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, life is is a uh, it's uninspiring, uninspired, uninspiring, on both counts. I just feel like when they, when when these dudes, these two dudes who are writing it, uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, mm-hmm. it's like there was no joy in this movie. They must not have had any fun writing the thing. It's because if it's not unbearably serious, it's just cribbing off of sci-fi hard cliches that we've seen a million times. Sure. There's no there's no novelty to it. There's no spark. It's just like it's. I don't get it. I don't understand why it was made. Yeah, uh, I've said that phrase a few times recently. <laughs> To, yeah, maybe to that's where I got it from. The, la- the last two films that we, uh, two new releases we talked about, Beauty and the Beast and Kong Skull Island. Uh, I felt this way about both of those films. Uh, why did why was this made? Why did this get made in the first place? And uh, and I feel that way about this film. That's in our in our openings <laughs> to this podcast. I was intimating that um, I kind of had that feeling about this movie. Um, yeah, it, it's. It, I mean, I understand it's it's a March release, uh, which is curious because the trailer actually says it was going to be released on Memorial Day. So I guess they they pulled back their expectations for how good mm. or successful they thought this movie was going to be, probably based on test audiences or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's just um, it's just mediocre. I mean, there's nothing exceptional about it, and in fact, there are quite a few things that are not very good about it. Uh, and I, I mean, I mean the special effects in this, if anything, those are going to be the thing that you would expect to be magnificent and they just aren't, they're just weak. Uh, the, the creature design is very poor. The, uh, every time somebody dies, little droplets of blood are floating in zero gravity, but they look so fake. It looks yeah. so bad. It looks so unrealistic. <laughs> Uh, it's like, uh, yeah, they, 
it's like they didn't know they didn't know how these characters were supposed to die. They weren't. They probably don't know enough about the alien, which is called Calvin. And I'm the. I mean the 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 creative team behind this film probably did not imagine the alien in enough depth to really know what it does to something when it kills it. Yeah. It kind of crawls into their mouths like we've seen in Prometheus mm-hmm. and other places, and then it just kind of does its magic. And then the person dies, and then these little things of blood come out. And I was expecting when it went into to Ryan Reynolds the first time that some kind of major thing would happen. I uh, was excited because they lingered so long on his kind of, you know, floating body, like motionless body. I was confident that the thing was going to stretch it out to like fit his body and then sort of use him as a puppet. <laughs> Yeah, so that I it thought could that open the doors too. and stuff. I thought it would like possess him and yeah. then use him as a, a tool to get the other astronauts. And I was like, "This is cool. I could, I could deal with this. This is kind of a neat idea." But no, they just had it run around and then, you know, and then and then in a ridiculous sort of uh, sequence, it's running around the roof of the room, and they're having to shut the. Um, fire, you know, sprinkler system off essentially, <laughs> and instead of having like an entire room shut off, they shut off one valve at a time. So it goes from valve to valve to valve to valve, and it probably goes to like six or seven valves before it finally escapes through a little crack and goes out into the 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 space station as a whole. And I didn't understand why, like, what a dumb system. Like a, a, what? What kind of a what kind of a, a fire, you know, override shutoff system do you have where you have to shut each valve individually? Yeah, it doesn't it make any sense. It reminded me of, of uh, Alien Three when they had to you um, <laughs> they had to kill the alien without weapons. Yeah. So they used this this system of of cutoffs. But, you know, I liked Alien 3, actually. I think Alien 3 is a good movie, and I think it's an unfairly maligned film. Uh, I think it's... Do you think this is better than Alien 3? Oh, no. I think Alien 3 is much better than this. I think Alien 3 is infinitely weaker than the first two films. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't really have a counter to that argument. I don't think it even comes close <laughs> to living up to those. Uh, but it's certainly better than this. Yeah. And I think that... You don't really come to care about any of these characters. Yeah, that's one of the big and things. And yet, you you watch them suffer endlessly. Yeah. And here's here's a tip, if I may be so arrogant to give a tip to a working director, <laughs> I would say people don't want to watch the characters suffer and die. We want to watch them kicking ass and be empowered and fight the alien. Yeah. And and that that makes us care. It makes us root for them and just watching them endlessly suffer and die doesn't make us care about them. We're not going to care about them unless they're interesting characters, well acted. So if you're not going to write good characters, at least make them more, uh, heroic or, uh, or, or successful in some way. Yeah. Well, or just at least give us something. Uh, I mean, this is this is the same uh, 
level of concern I have for the characters that are generally in like torture porn films, right? Where they they put intentionally amoral jerks into the film so that when they torture them to death, you don't feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is like that in a way because we just simply don't care about anybody throughout the entire thing. And, and they never do any of the work. I mean, they, they do sort of those things where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I learned in screenwriting class that this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be like, oh, this guy had a baby. Everybody will relate to that. Oh, you know, yeah. that, that'll add some pathos to, to his character. Oh, you know, this uh, this person gifted them Goodnight Moon. That You know, that's something we can all relate to. You know, uh but it's also hollow. I mean, even even that scene where she's giving the gift, it, it seems like it's like a an afterthought. She's like, "Got your gift," and then it just moves on. The movie just moves on. Yeah, it's so bizarre. it's a it's a shitty script that's just full of devices and and I'm thinking it got made because it follows a, a, this the screenplay format. Yeah, uh, to a letter, and people think, "Oh, it's a space movie." It's like alien. It's alien meets, you know, and then there were none. <laughs> yeah. <It's> ba- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it was pitched, but um, it's and it's a weird. It's a weird cast. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds together as astronauts. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I, I didn't like it, and uh, sounds like Andrew didn't like it either. I did not. I did not think that it was very good. In fact, I didn't think it was good at all. Um, it is what it is. I mean, it's a it's a popcorn flick in a manner of speaking, but uh, don't expect to be tremendously entertained by it. Mm, fair enough. Well, that's our show about life, and uh, stay tuned for our next episode. It's going to be a listener's request. We're going to talk about the infamous, now I would say, cult classic, mm, Cruising mm-hmm. with Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that, and we'll catch you next time. See you then.